1: Inside sources, inside sources, inside sources
0: where KSL offers
2: Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 11:60 a.m. At the Brigham Young University annual conference for faculty and staff, BYU President Kevin Worthen announced that BYU will have a new vice president level position to lead the office of belonging. So let's have an elevated conversation. Let's talk about the case for the power of and how love, compassion, and empathy, and ultimately orthodoxy so on. If you think a sense of belonging is just too hard to create, especially at an institute of higher learning, think again. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. So as I mentioned, uh, BYU announced a new office, the Office of Belonging at the university. President Worthen announced the move six months after it was recommended by the official campus committee on race, equity and belonging. Uh, The focus of this institute uh, and this Office of Belonging uh, will be to... Focus on helping campus members achieve the community of belonging Uh, has a, a statement on its website saying, using the guiding principles it sets forth, the office will not only be core to our efforts to root out racism, it will also help us combat prejudice of any kind, including that based on race, ethnicity, nationality, tribe, gender, age, disability, socioeconomic status, religious belief and sexual orientation. So this new office of belonging uh, is an interesting place for Brigham Young U- University. I think it is a place where they are leading out in the conversations around everything from racism uh, to a lot of the crucial conversations we need to be able to have, especially on a university campus, uh, while also maintaining their distinct differences. Uh, during the course of the meeting this morning, again, held at uh, BYU, this is the university conference for faculty and staff. They do this every year, just prior to uh, school opening up for the fall semester. Uh, as part of that conference and conversation, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, a former president of the university and a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, addressed the faculty and staff as well, and his message was really that of and, of we can be compassionate and kind and caring, and we can maintain orthodoxy and standards and principles that the institution was founded on. And so I want to go through this. We're going to stay with this conversation uh, through this segment and through the next segment because I want you to hear uh, what Elder Holland said uh, in terms of where we are and where we need to go, what it means for an institution that uh, he loves dearly, It was uh, very great to see uh, coming out of the pandemic and knowing that we'll have uh, students back on campus uh, to see Elder Holland and his wife, Pat, uh, back on campus, back at an institution uh, that they both helped to shape and that shaped both of them, I believe, in the end. And it was really nice to see uh, photos and images of them uh, being back kind of uh, back home so to speak, at BYU today. His message was powerful in uh, classic Jeffrey R. Holland fashion, uh, a wordsmith, wordsmith. Uh, he was very specific in terms of what he was trying to convey, and I think doing that in his own words is the the best way for all of us to absorb this and, and think it through. Uh, so Elder Holland began and shared not only his love for the institution of BYU from the time he was young, But he also started to talk about where the institution is. He read a portion of a letter that someone had written about how they had actually felt betrayed by the current status of BYU.
1: Take a listen. You should know, the writer says, that some people in the extended community are feeling abandoned and betrayed at BYU or by BYU. It seems that some professors, at least the vocal ones in the media are supporting ideas that many of us feel are contradictory to gospel principles, making it appear to be about like any other university our sons and daughters could have attended. Several parents have said they no longer want to send their children here or donate to the school. Please don't think I'm opposed to people thinking differently about policies and ideas, the writer continues. I'm not. But I would hope that BYU professors would be bridging those gaps between faith, and intellect, and would be sending out students that are ready to do the same in loving, intelligent, articulate ways. Yet I fear that some faculty are not supportive of the church's doctrines and policies and choose to criticize them publicly. Fortunately, we don't get too many of those letters, but this one isn't unique. So I think in
2: that uh, idea of faith and Faith and intellect—that those things are compatible principles. And while the writer of this particular letter, uh, you know, pointed out some of the things that may appear that it's it's not so balanced. That and isn't possible. That we either have to go to one extreme or the other. And Elder Holland laid this out in terms of integrity—integrity integrity to the institution, uh, integrity to the beliefs of of the church that uh, authorized the institution, Uh, and he said this in a really interesting way.
1: Surely our integrity demands that our lives be absolutely consistent with and characteristic of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. At a university, there will always be a healthy debate regarding a whole syllabus full of issues. But until we all come to the unity of the faith and have grown to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, our next best achievement will be to stay in harmony with the Lord's anointed, those whom he has designated to declare church doctrine and to guide Brigham Young University as its trustees.
2: Elder Holland uh, went on to discuss what this really means in terms of unity. he, He talked about that idea of healthy debate regarding a whole syllabus full of issues, that that is part of what they want to do at Brigham Young University, and that we also need to be careful that we avoid the language and symbols of things that create division and sow discord.
1: The house divided against itself cannot stand. And I'll go to my grave pleading that this institution not only stands but stands unquestionably committed to its unique academic mission and the Church that sponsors it. We hope it isn't a surprise to you that your trustees are not deaf or blind to the feelings that swirl around marriage and the whole same-sex topic on campus and a lot of other topics. I and many of my brethren have spent more time and shed more tears on this subject than we could ever adequately convey to you this morning or any morning. We have spent hours discussing what the doctrine of the church can and cannot provide the individuals and families struggling over this difficult issue. So it's with a little scar tissue of our own that we are trying to avoid and hope all will try to avoid language and symbols and situations that are more divisive than unifying at the time we want to show love for all of God's children.
2: At a time when they want to show love for all of God's children. uh, In a very emotional address today, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland laying out this important principle of and faith and intellect the role of compassion as well as orthodoxy he talked about it in terms of the lgbtq community about uh, race and ethnicity and a host of other things that should unite we're going to stay with the question a little longer today come back more from elder jeffrey r holland's address today and the new office of belonging at brigham young university coming up next That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom,
0: boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. You're just joining us. We've been talking about the annual university conference for faculty and staff down at Brigham Young University where they announced today a new office, the Office of Belonging. It'll be a vice president level position, uh, part of President uh, Kevin Worthen's cabinet down there. Uh, Also as part of the meeting today, Uh, With all of the university faculty and staff, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, painted some really clear perspective and balance in terms of and that uh, you can have compassion and love and caring and you can have standards uh, and principles and orthodoxy that matter. Uh, We talked just before the break in terms of uh, Elder Holland's words, talking about the time that he and those uh, in the leading councils of the church had spent uh, dealing with everything from same-sex attraction and LGBTQ issues uh, to how he feels about those individuals, how they have been treated, uh, and, again, this
1: sense of belonging. In that spirit, let me go no farther before declaring unequivocally my love and that of my brethren for those who live with this same-sex challenge and so much complexity that goes with it. Too often the world has been unkind, in many instances crushingly cruel to these, our brothers and sisters like many of you we have spent hours with him we have wept and prayed and wept again in an effort to offer love and hope while keeping the gospel strong and obedience to commandments evident in every individual life
2: the world can be crushingly cruel as elder holland stated Uh, with great emotion in this uh, speech that he delivered today down at Brigham Young University. He went on to talk about the difference of what empathy is
1: and what it is not and why the distinction matters. But it will assist all of us. It will assist everyone trying to provide help in this matter if things can be kept in some proportion and balance in the process. For example, we have to be careful that love and empathy do not get interpreted as condoning and advocacy, or that orthodoxy and loyalty to principle not be interpreted as unkindness or disloyalty to people. As near as I can tell, Christ never once withheld his love from anyone. But he also never once said to anyone, because I love you, you are exempt from keeping my commandments. We're tasked with trying to strike that same sensitive, demanding balance in our lives.
2: That same sensitive, demanding balance uh, of love and empathy and maintaining uh, critical things that are critical, things that are truly important. Uh, he actually referenced uh, a, uh, some lines from Elder Neil A. Maxwell uh, that talked about the early days of the church in Nauvoo where those who were building a temple had a trowel in one hand uh, and a musket in the other as they were both trying to build uh, and defend and talked about why that matters and why that may still be necessary to both build and defend
1: musket fire yes we will always need defenders of the faith but friendly fire is a tragedy and from time to time the church its leaders and some of our colleagues within the university community have taken such fire on this campus and sometimes it isn't friendly wounding students and the parents of students, so many who are confused about what so much recent flag-waving and parade-holding on this issue means. My beloved friends, this kind of confusion and conflict ought not to be not here. There are better ways to move toward crucially important goals in these very difficult matters Ways that show empathy and understanding for everyone while maintaining loyalty to prophetic leadership and devotion to revealed doctrine.
2: Empathy and understanding and loyalty to prophetic leadership and devotion to revealed doctrine was part of that. Elder Holland went on to talk about the the fact that he looked forward to the day when we could stop worrying with each other, that we could really create that true community of belonging.
1: There will continue to be those who oppose our teachings, and that will continue the need to define, document, and defend the faith. But we all look forward to the day when we can beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. And at least on this subject, learn war no more. And while I have focused on this same-sex topic this morning more than I would have liked, I pray that you'll see it as emblematic of a lot of issues our students and our community, our church, faces in this complex contemporary world of ours.
2: A complex contemporary world uh, where students, faculty, community members, and so on, uh, all have Questions And all need to be part of important conversations on a wide range of things. And again, this Office of Belonging established at BYU today, I think, will be part of leading that crucial conversation. Elder Holland uh, went on to reference something that had been said by a former president of the church, uh, Spencer W. Kimball, some uh, 40, almost 50 years ago. Talking about the future of BYU as an institution and why it needed to continue to be unique
1: if it was to really fulfill its destiny. It seems clear to me in my 73 years of loving it that BYU will become an educational Mount Everest only to the degree it embraces its uniqueness, its singularity. We could mimic every other university in this world until we get a bloody nose in the effort. And that world would still say, BYU who? No, we must have the will to be different, to stand alone if necessary, being a university second to none in its role primarily as an undergraduate teaching institution that is unequivocally true to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If at a future time that mission means foregoing some professional affiliations and certifications, then so be it. There may come a day when the price we are asked to pay for such association is simply too high too inconsistent with who we are. No one wants it to come to that, least of all me. But if it does, we will pursue our own destiny, a destiny that is not a matter of chance but largely a matter of choice, a destiny not a thing to be waited for but a thing to be envisioned and achieved.
2: It was an emotional address by Elder Jiffer Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles at, at BYU today to faculty and staff. He talked about that destiny being a matter of choice, something to be envisioned, something to be achieved. And he concluded by challenging the faculty to really help the institution live up to its potential.
1: Please, from one who owes so much to this school and has loved her so deeply for so long. Keep her standing, but standing for what she uniquely and prophetically was meant to be.
2: Again, that's, uh Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints speaking today to Righam Young University faculty and staff at their annual conference uh, on a day when they announced the Office of Belonging uh, at the university by uh, Kevin Worthen, the president of BYU. Uh, Elder Holland really delivered a landmark address in terms of a great way for all of us to look at how we approach so many issues and how that unity and how that sense of belonging Can actually be created.
0: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains.